On the virtual Bible study tonight, we're going to talk about some racism. Yeah, all in the news, of course, uh, about racism. Uh, but a little self-examination to see if we are guilty. I think that it's worthwhile to make sure we are the people God wants us to be in terms of how we relate to all others. All right. It's going to be an important discussion. A little self-examination. We're going to get started on it right now. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And this is the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, June 11th, 2020. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dan. Great to be with you, Jacob. Good to be with you. Kyle's behind the controls. Kyle, good to be with you. It's good to be Thank here. Thank you for being here tonight. And we're glad that you're on the other end of the line. We want to hear from you tonight at 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com and in the chat window below your video feed tonight. As uh, we discuss these topics tonight, uh, your input will be much appreciated and will help the discussion go better. So please send your comments, uh, especially in the chat room tonight, so we can include them. And if you listen to this at any time, you have questions about what you've heard or you'd like to suggest a topic for a future edition of the Virtual Bible Study, questions at collegeview.com is the way you communicate with us. We'd love to hear from you anytime. And get on our update list if you're not. Send a send an email to questions at collegeview.com and say add me to your list. All right. Or now, give me a bumper sticker. Or give me a bumper sticker or both. Uh, we'll be glad to do that. Um, to our update list earlier today, we sent out the questions that we hope to discuss relative to this issue of racism. Obviously, it's very much in the news right now. There's been a lot of civil unrest in our country in the last two weeks. Uh, very serious things going on, obviously. We don't, we don't intend to get political about that. Uh, I, I think we all have a political point of view relative to all of these kind of things. It's not wrong to have a political opinion, but that's not our purpose when we're teaching, uh, uh, religious truth. I mean, uh, you think about it, Jesus lived in a very political age. He didn't get engaged in the politics. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think we as his people, that, that should not be our primary emphasis. I actually am concerned sometimes, I think, that I, uh, in overhearing things that Christians say, I think maybe Christians get too wound up about political matters. And I, I, don't th- I think that, that potentially diverts us from what's most important. Exactly right. Does, does your political stand hurt your influence? With others, yeah, even to the point that I'm so adamant about my politics, nobody wants to talk to me. That that I drive people away from any positive influence toward the Lord that I might have. And the other thing you got to be aware of is the party line, God's line, and a lot of times people line up with the party line. Well, everybody and knows right. God's a Republican, right? Well, a lot of times people need to step back and say, you know, am I lining up with God rather than some political party? Yeah, I think that's right. Yep. All right. All right. So to our update list today, we sent out these questions. And it is, it is no doubt, it's certainly a timely subject to discuss racism and to investigate how 
we relate in these matters. So I ask these questions to our update list. Number one, what does the Bible say about the origin of different races? And what are some of the false views that have been proposed? Number two, how has evolutionary theory helped to cause or promote racism? Number three, what evidence can be presented to show that racism is and has been a problem among Christians and maybe specifically, because lots of we are obviously members of the Church of Christ, and lots of our listeners are not all obviously, but many are. So we ask, what do you know about racism specifically among churches of Christ? Uh, number four, show from the Bible why racism is sinful and wrong. And number five, what's the remedy for racism in? In us, the question said in U.S. I didn't mean. In oh, the, I didn't <laughs> did mean it spell crack get you? Oh, are you just? I just wanted to make sure everybody understood. We're talking about us, uh, not the U.S. Oh, <laughs> I don't uh, know. That, you, we, uh, okay. you know that, that would get us into the politics. We were just saying we didn't want to get involved yeah. in. So, question five. I hope everybody understood because I capitalized U.S. I meant us. Yeah. <laughs> What's the remedy for racism in us? All right, eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Questions at College U. Dot com on this important topic, and we need to think about ourselves again as we go down uh, this discussion tonight. Uh, yeah, there there have been some, I, I think, some really off the wall suggestions as to where the various races came from by people in, who are Bible believers would would suggest some things. Uh, for instance, there there is this suggestion that the different races, and in particular the black races, came from Cain. It was the mark of Cain. Yeah. That that the that the that Cain received this mark. We know that he did. In fact, in Genesis, uh, when we read in chapter three, where we read about uh, oh, chapter. I mean, where we read about Cain and Abel, uh, it says that Cain went out for the presence of the Lord. Let's see, uh, the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. That's verse 15, Genesis chapter 4. Well, some people say, well, that's what he, he was made a black man, and, and, and the black men of today are descendants of Cain. That is so obviously false. I'm surprised that anybody who's ever picked up a Bible would make that argument. There's a lot of reasons why that's false. The the simplest reason why that's false. There are no descendants of Cain alive on the earth today. Yeah. yeah. All the descendants of Cain died in the flood. Yeah. Noah was a descendant of Seth, and all of us who are alive on the planet Earth today are descendants of Noah. Thus, we are all descendants of Seth, and there can't possibly be anybody who's a descendant yeah. of Cain. I mean, we could say, well, all the Cain's descendants were purple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm arguing that they were all lime green. Yeah. And, you know, but whatever color they were, uh, there's not th- they're all gone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, so, I mean, that, that's, but you start talking about how people get, make crazy speculations about such matters. The Bible didn't teach that. Well, and they want to maybe make uh, find some biblical support for some prejudice that's within them and say, well, see, there's there's a reason why I don't like the people of this color. Because he was a sinner. They're, they're, his, they're, his gr- their ancient ancestor yeah. was a sinner, therefore they are all sinners. Because see, the Bible says so. Yeah. yeah. The other 
the other speculation is that the the black race or any that we want to sort of cast off upon they were the descendants of Ham. Now Noah's descendants were Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and and we know that Ham was the one who sinned relative to his father and was cursed. And some want to say, well, the curse of Ham was that he was made black and that he went and lived in Africa. It's all speculation, and it's I mean, but notice notice in both instances in Cain and Ham, those those marks or those those presumptions are because they were bad people. They were sinful. That's I think that's racist in itself. Yeah. Well, that's what Brian, Brian says. Uh, many I just still abound about the creation races, races. I'll just name a couple. Mark of Cain. Some purport in literature dating back to medieval times he was made black. Curse of Ham, similar idea in that he and his descendants settled Africa. Both carry the connotation of black being the price of bearing the burdens of, of sin. Uh, a lot of conjuncture uh, out there. Uh, yeah. Conjecture, yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree with you, Brian. And, and those are, uh, you're right, those are two, unfortunately, historically predominant views that are just not with, with, with completely without biblical Isn't basis. it interesting, though, also, we, we we somehow think that Adam and Eve were lily white, and you know yeah. Noah was lily white. Uh, how do we know that? Yeah, how do we know that? Uh, yeah. Go, let's see what else somebody else others say about it. Kent in Calhoun, Georgia says Genesis 10 gives information regarding the family of Noah and the regions of the earth that they inhabited. Considering the geographical differences, weather conditions, etc., perhaps that gives implicit information regarding the origin of races. I think Kent's on to something there. You know, so what happened among the, the descendants of Noah, and therefore the descendants of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, is we remember in Genesis 9. At the Tower of Babel, they were they were supposed to they were supposed to scatter. Uh, actually, chapter eleven is where we have the Tower of Babel. Uh, they were supposed to scatter and populate the earth, and they didn't do it. And so God confounded their languages at Babel, and then they did disperse uh, across the face of the earth. Well, you think about that. You got this one distinct group going in this direction. And so certain genetic, I don't know, what would you call them, uh, tendencies, certain genetic strains were in this group, certain genetic strains were not, but they became more, They as they scattered, then those genetic tendencies were in the group that went east, the group that went west, the group that went south. Those genetic tendencies would tend to be predominant. Uh, and, and, and so somebody said, well, where'd all the races come from? Well, they came all from Noah. They came, we're all the descendants of Noah. Why are there differences? Why are there different races? Why, why are there obvious physical differences between different races around the world? Not just black and white, but uh, all over. It's, I think it's because those groups became isolated when they scattered from the Tower of Babel and certain genetic traits became predominant in in groups that were in specific geographical locations. Yeah, well, that's what Jim says in Kentucky. He says, the Bible tells us that all the races came from the same family, the family of Noah, via the family of Adam. Specifically, Genesis 10 reveals that, that the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, were the fathers of different nations or races. The only false view that I'm familiar with is the thought that since Ham viewed his father's nakedness and Noah then cursed him, Genesis 9, verses 22 through 25, 
And Ham was the father of the Cushites and the people of the Middle East and Northern Africa, that some believe this meant that God cursed dark-skinned people. Yet nothing is mentioned about the color of Ham beyond that. Uh, Ezekiel 18, verse 20 clearly says that we do not inherit the sins of our parents. There you go. So thank you for that, Jim. Yeah, the, the idea again here is this idea that well, there's some kind of curse with uh, having darker skin than lighter skin, which certainly is not supported in the scriptures. Uh, Dwight uh, says, uh, the beginning of races, I believe, the beginning of races, I believe, started back in Genesis 11, 1 through 9 with the that's Tower where, of Babel. That's where it had to be. I think and the you're Lord right confusing to... their languages and scattering them all over the face of the earth. One of the views about Cain uh, back in Genesis 4, verse 15, the mark that was placed upon Cain was thought to believe he was marked as a black man. Yeah, and and as we said earlier, that that crazy speculation is just completely out of bounds. I mean, it couldn't possibly be. So we can. It's nice when you can give a a definitive answer to some crazy speculation and say it is absolutely not true. It couldn't possibly be true if it had to be. Yeah. yeah and you can't get much more definitive <laughs> than a global flood yeah. to make your point. Yeah, exactly right. All right. We're going to break, and we'll come back. Uh, maybe some Darwinian evolution here uh, maybe has an influence on the idea of racism. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. Uh, talk about what the Bible says about races and could evolution, could Darwin's theory have helped contribute to some of the attitudes that people have toward various races today? All right, don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study will continue right after this. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. Hi, I'm Wade Shelton. In 1 Peter 3.15, the scripture says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You see, we believe here at College View that we should be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks it. And I believe that we are dedicated to this cause. That's why we here at College View bring you the virtual Bible study each week. Our hope is that you will join us each week here on the Virtual Bible Study in hopes of strengthening your faith so that you will be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. Please join us here every Thursday night on the Virtual Bible Study. I know that it's worth an hour of your time. Here's some quotes worth pondering. No man is free who is not the master of himself. It's easier to suppress the first desire than to satisfy all that will follow. He who conquers himself has won a greater victory than he who conquers a city. Let him that would move the world first move himself. Man, wish I'd said that. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. Back on the program tonight as we talk about racism, and we look to the scriptures uh, to try and uh, to combat some of the popular ideas that are out today. Before we go, I want to talk about and just comment briefly about how maybe Darwin's theory of evolution has, if it didn't originate racism, I probably don't think it did, but it certainly has promoted it maybe in the minds of some. But before we get that, I'd just like to mention that the Bible never distinguishes anybody based upon the pigmentation of the skin. Now, there is a word that's found... Uh, 21 times in the in the uh, Greek New Testament, it's the word genos, genos, genes, and it's it, all different kinds of translations. Uh, it's translated as kind, as kindred, as country, as offspring, as nation, stock, born, countrymen, generation, diversity, 
And so the the Bible talks about nations and tribes and tongues and languages and peoples, but it never distinguishes among people based upon the pigmentation of their skin, which yeah. is significant. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, all that focus is ours. God never made God never made attention to that, you know, in the inspired word. And, and that, all, I, I think, should be meaningful to us. And of course, what we know about God is that God is no respecter of persons. And uh, in Acts chapter 10, when Peter was at the house of Cornelius, it says he opened his mouth and said of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Uh, and so, uh, you know. That's the biblical view that we need to adhere to, and and all of this other speculation about where the races came from, not grounded in the Bible. Not at all. Not at all. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. If you'd like to be on the phone tonight with us, uh, what about Darwin? What did he? What what did his theory have to do with all of this? Well, let me read a couple of quotes here. Uh, did you know? That the subtitle to Charles Darwin's book, The Origin of Species, everybody knows Origin of Species. That's that's Darwin's book in which he promoted his general theory of evolution. Did you know that the, the, the subtitle was Origin of Species, subtitled By Means of Natural Selection or the Preservation of Favored Races in the Struggle for Life? Mm. <laughs> that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Now, he's not talking about human races necessarily. No, no, but I mean, that's getting pretty close, wouldn't you it think? Is. It is. So uh, here's what one writer uh, by the name of Burnham said in Science Magazine. He said, after 1859, the evolutionary schema raised additional questions, particularly whether or not Afro-Americans could survive competition with their white near relations. The momentous answer in the evolutionary community was a resounding no the African was inferior. He represented the missing link between the ape and the Teuton. Mm. That's not good. No, that's not. Uh, here's a quote from Henry Fairfield Osborne, a professor of biology and zoology at Columbia University. Uh, he was the uh, president of the American Museum of Natural History's Board of Trustees from eight, 1908 till 19. 33, so in the realm of 100 years ago. So he's he's a professor of biology and zoology at Columbia University, a prestigious place. Here's what he said. The Negroid stock is even more ancient than the Caucasian and Mongolians, as may be proved by an examination not only of the brain, of the hair, of the bodily characteristics, but of the instinct, the intelligence, the standard intelligence of the average adult Negro is similar to that of an 11-year-old youth of uh, the species Homo sapiens. Unbelievable. That was in an article called The Evolution of Human Races in the book, in the, in the periodical Natural History yeah. uh, from, from 1926. Mm-hmm. So that's not that long ago. No. A hundred years, less than a hundred years ago. That's, this is what scientists were saying who were influenced by Darwinian thought, yeah, and so, uh, you know, we we are we are obviously totally anti-Darwinian, but For more than one reason, though. <laughs> yeah. But look look at the evil that it has produced. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, here's what Kent says, and this is just pretty much summarizes it in general. Evolution seeks to dehumanize all of us, and it really does. We're just part of an evolutionary chain here. Uh, and if you're just really a higher, you're just a higher animal, yeah. uh, then your life is not all that particular precious. You're just a higher yeah. animal. Yeah. We kill animals. Yeah. We eat animals. Yeah. I might kill and eat you. Yeah. Well, why not? Right. Yeah. Uh, well, here's what Jim says. Evolutionary theory has uh, helped to promote racism by suggesting that some are higher up on the evolutionary scale than others, that man has evolved. Over time, yet the scriptures show Genesis in Genesis 1 that God created mankind and that as above, all people came from the same seed. I think that's the key right there. I think Jim is on it. You know, so if evolution is true and, and, and species evolve, then that lends credibility to me thinking, I'm a white man. I'm more evolved than the other races. The other races are inferior to me. Does that, in, the superior race and inferior races, does that ring a bell yeah, with anybody yeah, yeah. concerning, for instance, what Nietzsche taught and Adolf Hitler swallowed it hook, line, and sinker yeah. and, and, and all of the horrible atrocities that were committed in uh, Hitler's Nazi Germany? had a evolutionary root. Yep. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, here's what Dwight says. Using Google, this is what we found on Darwin's take on racism. Darwin was also convinced that evolution was progressive and that the white races, especially the Europeans, were evolutionary, evolutionarily more advanced than the black races, thus establishing race differences and a racial hierarchy. Not sure because this is just one man's idea. Yeah, but I think it's I think it's got real basis. I think there's and you could do a lot more reading than than we're able to present here, but there's a there's a real thread out there on on this idea. Kyle, any thoughts? I just think uh, every it's like a, it's a, I think it set his generation possibly back. I mean, it gave ammunition to those who are <clears throat> who are already racist. So like, oh well, look here's scientific here's quote, scientific proof that we are superior to you. So it just it sets a generation back whenever he you can look to a supposed scientist, someone of authority who says, well, we're better than you. Yeah. So I just, no, this, he did not help. I think he definitely harmed uh, the generation or and continually even into our generation. Maybe several generations, so, yeah. Yes. Um, Eric references Galatians chapter 3, verses Verse 28 in the chat room, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and, nor, and female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. Paul levels the playing field for us there and, and see, sees it how God sees it there, is that, that there's there's no difference, uh, that we're all of equal value to God. Uh, and then uh, Brian's out in California, and he's got an interesting question. Was Paul using a valid stereotype when criticizing the Cretans in uh, Titus chapter 1, verse 12? Yeah, uh, no, uh, uh, so, uh, let's, let's, let's read that. Titus 1, let's begin verse 10. There are many, uh, unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things that they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. Now, remember, go back up to verse 5. Paul had left Titus in Crete. Mm-hmm. To set in order things that were wanting among the church in Crete. He says, verse 12, one of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, The Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies, 
this witness is true. I don't think that uh, obviously that's inspired. That's an inspired statement uh, wherein the inspired Paul was referencing what the Cretan prophets said of their own people. But I think that's a statement about their culture, not about their Right, uh, right. Uh, about that they were born being, that way. Yeah. Not that they, that, not that they are inferior, an inferior breed, but that their culture is corrupt, and therefore they're going to have. And so, what does he say? Uh, this witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith. In other words, he didn't say, "Well, just dis- just exclude them because they're obviously an inferior race." He said, "He said, no, their culture. They come from a, a perverted culture, and you're going to have to." Rebuke them sternly. Yeah. All right. Uh, it certainly was valid if uh, if the Holy Spirit inspired that statement. Uh, Kevin says, all peoples fit into the category of every nation in Acts 10, verses 34 and 35. Fear him and be acceptable, he says. So yeah. we're all accountable. We all need to fear him and, and to be accepted by him. Uh, thank you for that, Kevin. So, again, you know, the, the idea is not that evolution has happened and, and and some races are evolved more so than other races. That's not true. We we completely disavow the general theory of evolution and have done so forever and keep doing so. And are reminded that God created every, when God created everything. It says that in Genesis one verse thirty four, He saw everything that He had made, and behold, it was very good. God created everything very good, and and so there's no inferior races on the earth. Kevin says, it really gets under my skin when someone mentions a black church or a white congregation to the point that I have gone to the brethren at each place to try and unite. However, I've met resistance at both toward moving together. I have had only small successes at this. Yeah, and I think that's, that's disappointing. Now, there are places, and we're familiar with congregations, where they they have black and white alike diversity of of races and that's really a good thing i think uh, i think it's hard to I, I think the reason why and i have had the same kind of experience that that kevin uh uh, uh suggest uh i think the reason why is cultural I, 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 I honestly for instance here at college view we have black folks visit us from time to time i think they are treated with welcoming uh, arms uh, they're, they're, and and I, I don't think there's been any mistreatment of any. We would love to have black folks feel comfortable identifying as members of this local congregation and serve the Lord together. But I think it's a cultural thing. It's hard to break through that barrier. Uh, uh, I don't think it's because Christians are just white Christians are in general a a prejudicial racial bunch of people i don't think that's true in our day and time is there racism among christians i'm sure there is is there racism in us probably so in ways that we don't even maybe fully perceive but we would love to see diverse congregations that's that's somewhat hard to achieve Uh, i think it's cultural Kelly says the Jews hated the Samaritans. It's always interesting to me that Jesus portrays a Samaritan as a hero in the parable of the Good Samaritan. Yeah, and and that was that was a, almost like a racial divide between yeah. the Jews and the Samaritans. Yeah. Uh, we remember that the Samaritans were the descendants of folks that had been brought in by the Assyrian Empire to occupy the the 
nation of Israel's land when the nation of Israel had been carried away in captivity by the Assyrians. So the Assyrians took the northern kingdom away and they brought these people in and transplanted them there. They weren't the same. They weren't of, they weren't Jews. They weren't of the same racial origin. And uh, so, yeah, I, th- I think that was like a racial prejudice that existed among the Jews. But as Kelly says, Jesus made a hero out of the great, uh, out of the Good Samaritan. All right, um, let's uh, let's go on and get our break, I guess, here, and then we'll get to, on the back side of the break. Uh, we got a question about the fact that well, racism has been a challenge. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about. What are some, what's some evidence that may, maybe you're aware of concerning manifestations of racism that have occurred? All right. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues after this week's bullet point. Don't touch that mouse. The Virtual Bible Study will be back right after this. This is Greg Wynn with this week's bullet point. During the current coronavirus pandemic, there's been frequent reference to 1 Corinthians 7, verse 26, where Paul mentions certain considerations that might be appropriate for the present distress. This expression has been used to justify the foregoing of obligations placed upon us by God's word. Specifically, the argument has been made that it is acceptable to cancel all worship assemblies because of the present distress. While we understand that many factors can and must be taken into consideration in making such difficult decisions, the use of 1 Corinthians 7 verse 26 is not one of them. In the context, Paul was discussing marriage, the privilege of marriage, and the extra concerns that being married could potentially bring during times of persecution. In those dire circumstances, he argues that a married person has an extra layer of concerns for his or her spouse. Thus, although marriage is generally a wonderful blessing, it might be better under the present distress to decide against exercising that option and remain unmarried. Therefore, this text is not saying you can neglect to do something you're commanded to do. Rather, it is saying that you might choose not to do something that you have the liberty to do. There's no authorization here for failing to fulfill an ordinance of God simply because of difficult or trying times. The early Christians faced fiery trials that we can hardly imagine. Threats, imprisonments, tortures, and death were a reality to them. Yet they faithfully followed God's instruction. Inspired accounts as well as uninspired ones tell of their unyielding commitment to the Lord. Let us learn from their devotion and remain true to our master even during difficult times. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Hi, my name is Hunter. I'm 11 years old and I love listening to the virtual Bible study. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. We're back on the program tonight. Reminding you, this program is brought to you by the College U Church of Christ. Find out more about us at our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com or collegeu.com. Check us out on YouTube, Kyle, getting out there with more content uh, not really more content i guess better well yeah there's one more sermon there than there was a week ago um and uh so we're on there sunday morning yep. ten thirty, sunday night six wednesday night seven the only thing that we're not back to is our nine thirty sunday morning bible study but uh hopefully uh, by the first uh, sunday in july we'll remedy that as well all right we're working on it we're working on getting back to normal we'd like you to be a part of that Find out more again at our about our meeting place and our times of meeting. And, and if you look at our website, the only thing that's inaccurate about the listing of our times is that Sunday morning, 930. We're not having separate Bible classes just yet. 
but everything else is accurate. All right. Uh, we're talking about racism on the program tonight and uh, maybe some evidence that uh, there has been some racism among Christians in the past, maybe still is, unfortunately. We'll talk about why that's wrong here in just a minute, but uh, some evidence that it's existed. Let's read what our uh, what our emailer said here real quick. Yeah, uh, uh, during the first century, Acts 15. Oh, Kent goes all the way back to the first century. During the first century, Acts 15 and the epistle to the Galatians gives information regarding such the study of restoration history. Also gives evidence of racism even among uh, some Christians. Yeah, you know, uh, it's kind of interesting. Galatians chapter 2, you know, uh Paul said in Galatians 2, verse 11, when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. For before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. And the other Jews dissembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation or hypocrisy. And when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, and it goes on to specify the rebuke that he put on Peter there, which was like a, a, a racism between Jew and Gentile. Um, well, that's what David in the chat room references. He says it's interesting that in the New Testament, uh, that with all the cultural differences between the Jews and the Gentiles, that the brethren were not encouraged to separate. So there were some racial challenges there, yeah. Jew and Gentile, and they were told to work it out, yeah. not be separate. Yeah. Uh, and, Ke- and Kelly says, wasn't this what Paul stood Peter to the face about in Galatians chapter two? Well, yeah, what you just read. Yeah, right, they were. Right. They, Peter yeah. was Peter was guilty of that, and Paul said you shouldn't be doing that. Uh, so okay, uh, good. Uh, Jim says, I do not personally know uh, if I can show. Uh, Evidence of racism among the Lord's people. I do know that in the past, churches were segregated, but since I was baptized as a young man in the military, I've often been in mixed-race congregations. The first group I met with in the military had an African-American officer who worshipped with us when Sue and I lived in Richmond, Virginia. We worshipped for 11 years at a congregation that had many African-Americans. For about 17 years, my father-in-law worked with a group where both whites and blacks worshipped together in harmony and also served as an elder with another brother who's black. And whenever we visited him, which was yearly, we always worship with them. I guess that's what I'm saying is that I do not have any personal experience with it. So Jim has always noticed that uh, there hasn't been that. That's great, and I'm glad for Jim's experience. i got to say that that's that, that's not always been true in all places. And, I'm, and the places where Jim is, his, his father-in-law that he mentions is a, a preacher, Gene Tope. Uh, many of our listeners may re- recognize the name Gene Tope. And uh, he worked in South Africa and... and uh, and has been a tireless worker in the kingdom, and and it's really great the the sort of open heartedness and diversity that Jim describes there is great. But I'll tell you, it's not it's not been that way everywhere. And I I mean I have personally encountered Christians who simply did not want to white Christians who did not want to associate with blacks, and who thought it was it was less than proper to do so that's been in my generation i don't think in your generation jacob that you have probably witnessed that things are better i gotta say my judgment this is just purely my observation i think things are better than they have been not to say that they're perfect in all places but i think that they are better uh go ahead uh, well dwight says segregation of black and white people has been shown for years in schools churches riding in buses restaurants etc obviously right all right um, uh, good okay L- let me let me read something to you this is shocking this is absolutely shocking. you want to know how bad it's been and this is this comes from among churches of christ 
This this is from a preacher of a generation, a couple of generations ago now probably. Uh, actually, this was in a publication called Bible Banner in March of 1941. Get the time date, 1941. The preacher's name, I think a lot of our listeners will recognize the name Foy E. Wallace. Foy E. Wallace, sort of been a, a hero among Churches of Christ and conservative religious thought. He was a desperate racist. Mm. Let me read this to you. Now, this was in, a, in, in, in the publication of which he was the editor, Bible Banner. He said, the manner in which the brethren in some quarters are going in for the Negro meetings leads one to wonder whether they are trying to make white folks out of the Negroes or Negroes out of the white folks. The trend of the general mix-up seems to be toward the latter. Reliable reports have come to me of white women, members of the church, becoming so animated over a certain colored preacher as to go up to him after a sermon and shake hands with him, holding his hand in both of theirs. That kind of thing will turn the head of most white preachers and sometimes affect their conduct, and anybody ought to know that it will make fools out of the Negroes. For any woman in the church to be so... uh, in the church to so far forget her dignity and lower herself so just because a Negro has learned enough about the gospel to preach it to his race is pitiable indeed. Her husband should take her in charge unless he has gone crazy too. In that case, somebody ought to take both of them in charge. Isn't that crazy? That was in 1941 among churches. years ago. Reliable brethren in the valley have reported the definite inclinations of the Negro man and his wife in charge of the orphan home for colored children at Combs towards social equality. They are supposed to be members of the church, and some of the white brethren are apparently encouraging him. It is said that these two Negroes have privately stated that they favor social equality and are working for it. The young editor of Christian Soldier in the Valley admits he, he roomed with a Negro preacher and slept in the same bed with him for two nights. He seemed to be proud of it. Aside from being an infringement on the Jim Crow law, it's a violation of Christianity itself and of all comedy. Get that. It's a violation of Christianity itself Mm. and of all common decency. Such Such conduct forfeits the respect of right thinking people and would be calculated to stir up demonstrations in most any community if it should become generally known. Uh, it has become It has gained considerable currency that a colored preacher named Hogan has been too much inclined to mix with the white people and to favor in attitude a social equality. He should have had too much sense, if not self-respect, to have permitted the young white preacher to sleep with him if the young white preacher did not have that much sense himself. Mm. Mm. Uh, I mean, uh, N.B. Hardiman. Again, I think a lot of our listeners recognize the name N.B. Hardiman. Uh, held the valley-wide meeting, held a valley-wide meeting in Harlingen, Texas, and some misguided brethren brought a group of Negroes up to the front to be introduced to him and shake hands with him. Brother Hardiman told them publicly that he would see all of the colored all the colored brethren he cared to see on the outside after services, and that he could say everything to them that he wanted to say without the formality of shaking hands with them. Ah. Uh, Unbelievable. Well, yeah, you get the idea. Now, has there been a historic problem? Yeah. Surely those quotes would indicate that there definitely has been a historic problem about racism among Christians. And and again, as I said, Foy E. Wallace and N.B. Hardiman 
are names that most everybody who's a member of the Church of Christ recognizes and are and they're held up in a, in in pretty high esteem and yet they were obviously grossly infected with a racist disposition. David says, I believe that Foy Wallace forgot that God made man in his image, Genesis one twenty six. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. All right. Um, well, certainly that's that's horrific. The Bible's pretty clear on condemning that. Uh, should we get our last break and then... Yeah, let's grab our that. last break. And then when we come back, let's go to the top of the hour talking about what we could and should do to try and remedy among right. ourselves. In the U.S. Uh, among us. Oh, us. <laughs> us, us. Sorry. Okay. All right. We'll get that and we'll get on the other side. Don't go anywhere. We're back right after this. Enjoying the virtual Bible study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial. Hello. Hey, Matt. No, I don't have any plans for Friday night. What are you doing? Oh, I won't be able to go with you to watch that movie. Because, Matt, the movie is rated R. Hey, why don't you just come over and hang out at my house Friday night? Great, I'll see you there. Being pleasing to God means that you may have to be different than the crowd. But don't be afraid to stand up for what's right. You just might find that it's easier than what you expect. A message brought to you by College of Church of Christ. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. A recent poll found that 31% of Americans who believe in God believe that the coronavirus is a sign of God telling humanity to change. But the virus has prompted negligible change in Americans' overall belief in God, with 2% saying they believe in God today but did not before. Fewer than 1% say they do not believe in God today but did before. Overall, 82% of Americans say they believe in God and 26% of Americans say their sense of faith or spirituality has grown stronger as a result of the outbreak. Just 1% say that it has weakened. That information is via the Associated Press. The Word of God says in Romans 1, verse 20, For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. Use your internet connection for something good. Listen to the virtual Bible study every week. Now, back to the program. We're back on the program, going to the top of the hour. Now, looking at what the Bible says about racism, is the idea supported in the Scriptures? We've seen some folks who, in error, tried to show that the Bible does support some idea of racism. But uh, what what do the Scriptures really teach? Well, we could go back to creation itself, and and I think the basic unity of the human family is, is borne out. In the creation story and the fact that we are uh, the descendants of Adam and Eve and also more closely the descendants of Noah. But Eve was the mother of all the living. Uh, and and so, you know, the, the, the different races are our distinguishing. That's not God's distinguishing. God has did I did I read earlier from Acts 17? Uh, verse 26. You did not. Paul was preaching in Athens. He said, God hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the whole face of the earth. Uh, uh, so I, I think the unity of the human family in God's estimation is seen in, in his creative work. Uh, and, and the idea, if you stop to think about it, the idea of casting off on other races is actually a denigration of God's work. True, true. 
you know, God made this group special, but he he kind of. Uh, yeah, he, he was he, sort of tired he, then. Yeah, he, he 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 maybe he 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 bobbled the test tube or something. You know, when he made that race. Yeah. You know, that's the if you stop to think about it, that's basically what the notion of racism suggests is that there's something. If it's an inferior race, then God was inferior in the making of it. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, Kelly says we should strive to view men the way God does in First Samuel sixteen verse seven. You know, looking on the God looks at the heart. Not uh, not on the outward, outward appearance. appearance. Yeah. Exactly right, Kelly. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, I'll tell you something else that might help our thinking is that the price that was paid by the blood of Jesus wasn't just for white people. No. He paid the price for all, which, again, would, wouldn't that sort of suggest the idea of equality? Same price. Same price paid for all. No, there weren't any on discount. First uh, yeah. Timothy two verse five. There's one God, one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave Himself a ransom for all to be testified of in due time. Uh, and so maybe when we think about the purchase price paid to redeem all mankind, it suggests equality. Uh, and then. Of course, to the to the verse I think that Eric suggested earlier, Galatians three verse twenty eight. You know, God sees all in an equal way. Yep. All right. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Questions at collegeview dot com. Here's what Kent said: Racism is condemned in the New Testament. Acts seventeen verse twenty six. One blood, all nations. Uh, Galatians chapter two verses eleven through fourteen. That passage that was referenced earlier by Kelly. Uh, that uh, that Peter was d- separating from the Gentiles and was condemned. Ephesians 2, uh, verses 13 and 14. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verses 13 and 14. Or sorry, 13 through 16. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were uh, far off uh, were made nigh by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace, who hath made of both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his uh, flesh the enmity and even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and they might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. God uh, is, desires us all. Uh, to be unified. And then James chapter 2, verse 1 is one we've got to bring into the equation. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, or Lord of glory, with respect of persons, and then drop down to verse 9. If you have respect of persons, you commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. It's blatantly called out there explicitly that if you have respect of persons, you commit sin. God doesn't have much uh, tolerance for racism according to the scriptures. Uh, Jim, in Kentucky, the scriptures are clear that racism, the hatred of another group of people, simply because of their characteristics, whether it be skin color or culture, is wrong. We're all created in the image of God, Genesis 1, verse 26. Romans 1, 16 tells us that the gospel is the plan of salvation for all. All those who obey the gospel are personally added by the Lord to his church. Uh, Acts 2, verse 47. I cannot be a child of God and hate my brother. Mm, good passage, First John chapter 4, verse 20. Yeah, I like that one for sure. All right. And then Dwight says, Paul, the inspired writer, says it plainly in Galatians three twenty-eight. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free man. There's neither male nor female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. When we start thinking one race, one person, is any better than another, we have deceived ourselves. Romans 2, verse 11 also states there's no partiality with God. That's a good one that we hadn't brought in, Romans 2, verse 11. Okay. So if we're going to be like God, 
kind of show partiality. Yeah, showing partiality uh, uh, would uh, be not only in the mind of God, I might throw in Galatians or uh, Philippians two, Philippians two, verse three. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Well, that's just among us whites. You know, among among us whites, we can esteem others better than ourselves. But I, I couldn't do that toward a black man, could I? Well, it didn't. I didn't see that distinction there. Let each esteem other better than themselves. You and Lou in Minnesota are on the same page. He references Matthew 22, verse 39, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus did not say as long as their skin tone is this or their face looks like this. Uh, it's a blanket. Love your neighbor as yourself. Thank you for that comment, Lou. And then Mohan up in Chicago says, uh, the scriptures teach that God is no respecter of persons and God is the creator of all men. Uh, that's helpful, he says, in helping to uh, show why the Bible is, uh, is against racism. Thank you for that, Mohan. All right, very good. Um, you know, again, the, uh, the idea that... Uh, there's superior race. I just want to reiterate what we were saying earlier. It casts off on God's creative work. It 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 actually negates the uh, the atoning sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. It's it, and, and so I mean I think those statements are very plain that respect of persons is sin, and we got to get rid of that. You know. In the course of some of this civil unrest that's been going on in the last couple of weeks, there's been, I think everybody who listens knows I'm not a Facebooker, but I've been told that there's, there's been posts on Facebook made by Christians that have racial overtones in them and so forth. I don't think we're out, I don't think we're out of that completely nope. yet. No. Uh, and, it's 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 not in vogue to be racist against African Americans, but I'll tell you what's more popular and probably much more prevalent is racism against Hispanics or uh, folks from other countries. Um, that's a, that's a lot more prevalent, and I think if we were to check ourselves and check our interaction with others, we'd say there's probably a lot more uh, of racism against that. It doesn't have to be just of 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 African Americans, it could be other nationalities as well, that, and that's a little bit more acceptable in our culture today. Yeah, so we got to be. But it, isn't it isn't it odd that some we make this distinction towards some races and not toward others? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I don't understand. It, it's 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 all of our devising, and it's all our prejudices. It, it all relates to how we've been educated and brought up um i i think i can i mean i know for sure that i can recall my parents being making and acting making racist statements and acting in racist ways i i mean sadly that is the truth uh i hope i'm better than that i hope you're better than me i hope that we're heading in a direction uh, generation by generation in which these things are less of a problem. But if we were, if we were all the Christians we ought to be, it would not be an issue in the church at all. And I, and, and, you know, Jim mentioned uh, a lot of the places where he'd been where there's a diversity in congregations among the Lord's people, which is wonderful. Uh, I, I, I have 
seriously hope that we could accomplish that here in Kaju. I mean, we get we have visitors, and again, I think they're treated warmly, but we've not had a, that breakthrough wherein we could say we are a racially diverse congregation. It ought to be a desire. We want we yeah. ought want to be able to be uh, influencing everybody in our community. You know, I think about you mentioned that. Uh some of those quotes about uh, there were certain folks who were embracing uh, uh, integration and not being prejudiced. Would we have been bold enough or would we have been true enough to the scriptures to, to check our, our attitudes and our actions against what the scriptures teach rather than just what everybody, including popular preachers are saying, are we checking with our, our position and our life Next to God's word. And yeah, that's a good admonition. That the, and and that was, that, those quotes I was reading from Foye Wallace were back in 1941, about 80 years ago. Yeah. 80 years ago, I'm, I'm pretty sure those guys thought they were okay. Yeah, but and then those people that were against prejudice, you, they, those are, they, I probably were labeled flaming liberals. You know, the, yeah. what, what in the world? What, they've, fall, they've fallen <laughs> off the turnip truck. Yeah. We had to make sure that we're not, we're not just letting, our culture, and more importantly, Christians around us, push us in ways that aren't in accordance with God's word. We need to be making sure that we're going back to the standard here yeah. to make sure that we're right. Because you, you're following the multitude, Kyle. Even following the multitude of Christians is not going to guarantee you that you're right with God. Which uh, my uh, personal viewpoint about how we can change racism in us, and yeah, I mean, which the standard has to be the Bible for Christians. There's no gray area here. We have to, what the Bible says is there's no, God has no respecter of persons and neither, neither can we be. We can't prefer white over uh, our African American brethren or if they're uh, from Latin America anyway. But with sin or anything, I think it starts at home in many ways. I think how we teach our children to respect others. I think uh, which Proverbs 22 verse 6, train up a child in the way he should go, he won't depart from it. As he gets old, I think we need to have conversations, uncomfortable conversations with our children about having, uh, even about race. I know those who are races who, who feel uh, racist or who have been affected against people who have issues with racism, they're having conversations with their children. We need to have conversations with our own yeah. about how we should respect other races. Just because we're white doesn't mean we're better. We yeah. need to have those conversations with our kids. Yeah, that's right. Um, and teach them humility, right? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Eric in the chat room mentions that uh, and he, he's got some later information on Foy Wallace's life. He says Foy Wallace's views on race modified over time, and he held meetings for non-segregated churches, which is good to read. I, I have not read that, but I, I'm glad that Eric found some other information that as time went on, maybe Foy Wallace modified on that a little bit and here's uh something from david i like this uh, quote from john he says john's view in revelation 7 verse 9 says i behold and a low low a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people stood before the throne and before the lamb clothed in white robes and so all nations are going to be there uh, and we better be prepared uh to embrace all nations here so that we can be with all nations uh there uh, so I appreciate that quote from Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. Uh, I was just looking to see if that word, 
kindred there was no it's a different word i was looking to see if that in revelation 7 9 the different kindreds was uh, that greek word genos but it's a, it's a different word okay all right okay. so how do we combat racism in us well i think i think the main thing is that we just have to take the word of god seriously and apply it completely uh, a number of verses have already been uh, referenced that suggest, you know, the way God sees things, the way God made things, and and the way that the inspired people, even in New Testament times, uh, discussed these matters. It ought to tell us. I mean, it, it's just a question of us living what the Word of God says. Here's what Kent says. Identify what true racism is, number one. The liberal left is well noted for accusing individuals of being racist where no racism exists. Just because one it fails to accept the Marxist, socialist, communist viewpoint does not make one a racist. Just because one accepts the biblical principle of the free enterprise system does not make one a racist. Number two. Racism exists when one seeks to dehumanize those of different races and refuses to accept them as equals. The best way to combat the sin of racism is to practice the totality of New Testament teaching in all aspects uh, uh, of our lives on a regular basis. I think that's the key right there. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and I do, I do agree with what Kent says. You know, this word race, I mean, this accusation of racism is being thrown out just carte blanche. I mean, everybody's racist. This, this race, that's right. And I think we ought to be careful. I, I think we ought to be careful on that side of the, the equation as well. You know, to make false accusations against people is not proper either. All right. Jim says, of course, the gospel is the remedy for all sin. But maybe to begin with, we can stop judging people simply based on their skin color and, or where they came from. That goes both ways, whether we suggest someone does not understand us because of their white privilege or suggest they are wrong because of their skin color. We have to live the gospel in such a way that people know for sure that we believe it and want to share it with them. Very good, Jim. Dwight in Iowa says, of course, God's word is a standard to our living a righteous life, so we must turn to it for direction on this matter as any other issue. God sent his son to die for the sins of all men, not just one race, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We need. Uh, we also need to put the needs of others ahead of ourselves. This was the attitude of Christ, no matter the color of one's skin. Philippians 2, 1 through 5. Thank you for that email t- tonight, Dwight. And finally, we'll wrap it up with Mohan uh, from Chicago tonight. He says, the remedy for racism is people truly obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's just as simple as you can say it, and I think exactly right. Yeah, if you get down to obeying the gospel, Kyle, and submitting to it, it's going to change your attitude about a lot of things and uh, the, your attitude towards other people, regardless of uh, their nationality or their skin color. Yeah. It's going to have to change. I think it has to. If, uh, if you accept uh, becoming a Christian, if you have that part of your life, you need to adopt everything that the Bible says, everything that the Word of God says. You need to That needs to pass through your entire life and your entire body and it needs to show because Christ... We know that he uh, uh, loved anyone and everyone. He had no no racism in our Lord, so we need to have, we need to have in ourselves. All right. Well, been a good discussion. A lot of uh, opportunity here for self-examination. And necessary for us. I mean, it's obviously a news uh, topic, but it's, it's, a, it's an ongoing thing that we all... I think it's one of those things where none of us should be able to say... I've got that mastered. I'm perfect in that regard. 
These are all things I think we can constantly grow in and need to keep growing. All right. Good discussion tonight, Kyle. Thank you for, for helping us get it on the air. And uh, thank you for your time. Thanks, Jacob. Hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word tonight. Hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.